The following episode is brought to you by Cineo Lighting, the highest quality LED lighting systems available for motion picture, television, and photography industries. Find out more at CineoLighting.com. You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, Internet? This is Brandon. And this is Alex. And we're filmmakers. And we're also drinking bourbon. Yeah, we are, buddy. Finally. Cheers. Cheers to this. Nice. Mmm. Mm. Smells tasty. Looks good. <sighs> Delicious. Ooh, what is this? That's good. Yeah. Well, our good friends over at 1792 sent us the small batch. Mm. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, this stuff is great. Here's a, you know some fun facts. Um... Named in honor of the year Kentucky joined the United States, 1792. Small batch bourbon is made from a marriage of a few select barrels, carefully chosen by the master distiller. I mean, yeah, it's uh, what we would like to call it's a fine bourbon, brash and bold, yet smooth and balanced. I dig it, man. So if you're out there listening and you are wanting to check out your next bourbon. Uh, make sure you pick up the 1792 and drink along with us. This is good yeah, stuff. It's got a nice gold cap. Looks good. So we're excited about that. How you been, buddy? It's been a while, man. Wow. We, uh, wow. we did the whole NAB we... Vegas thing and uh, haven't seen you, <coughs> really. We have been on hiatus. Kind of. Uh, so last week we, we told everybody to check out the Adobe show. Yeah. We had we got to do an exclusive interview with Al Mooney from Adobe. We did. Which it was, was fantastic. Awesome. He gave us about some all insight the new into the new, new tweaks. Yep. Um, and we've just been gearing up for this month, which is May. May. And May, this is exciting stuff. We yeah. told people, what we promised the listeners, we're going to NAB, we're coming back, and we're bringing you great content, great guests, great giveaways. Yeah, and we have our first one. Yeah. Did, right? Did you hear the intro? We did. This- Everyone heard it. Episode. <laughs> Every, everyone did hear it. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Cineo Lighting Systems. Yep. And they were one of the great partners we, we met at NAB, and we really like their product. They make some really cool products. That's good. Remote phosphor lighting. Yeah, it's really quality cool. stuff. Yeah. I mean, this stuff does not mess around. No, I use their stuff a lot. It's so, really good color rendition. Yeah. So. Uh, they they do really well, with, like, if you're lighting, like, females. You know, you got this nice sort of... But that's it. Yeah, for not, males, not it's, that. You males it's horrible. You know what I'm saying. Absolutely you, terrible. Yeah. You can... Later on, you can explain why that might be, but... <laughs> Um, but they they have great great stuff and they yeah. they said uh, they said that they would love to support the show. So what are they doing for us? Well, here's the thing, they are our partner for May. Mm-hmm. We're going to be the talking talking about the products. We're going to have them on the show. We're going to do an interview. We're going to learn more about them. Mm-hmm. What they are going to do for the listeners, not for us, but for the listeners, is they are going to give away mm-hmm. our first big FDB giveaway since we re- revamped. What is it? And you can enter all month long, yeah. the whole month of May, to enter. It's like a single phosphor panel. They're going to give away <laughs> the little matchstick light kit. Yeah, the on-camera or mountable light, right? Yes, it's pretty cool. It's this like five, six inches long. Yeah, it's like around $500. Yeah, like this That's is a n- solid giveaway. No toy here. No. So uh, if you are interested, you definitely want to get in on that. You want to tweet to... At FTB Podcast. Yes, and... At Cineo Lighting, I think. At Cineo Lighting, yeah. We, let's Hashtag check that out and make sure. FTB giveaway. FDB. FDB, not TB. Yep, giveaway. Yep. So you get, if you do all those three things, you'll be entered to win. And at the end of the month, we'll draw one lucky listener. So it's not like last time where you know you had one week 
to enter. Now you got a full month. Yeah. So yeah, at Cineo Lighting, and that's C-I-N-E-O. Correct. Cineo. So we're super excited. We know the listeners are going to be excited. And Dude, I'm ex- I want it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We can't get it. No. It's like those McDonald's things. Exactly. Where if you're part of the company, you can't have it. So it's it's going to be a fun show. I mean, it's already kicking off great. We got 1792. Cineo is... is partnering with us we're we, giving away this awesome light we didn't tell them what may was we got a Dude, theme now may is gonna be fun we got a theme what's our theme well this this month is all about production cities yeah we put out a tweet earlier mm-hmm. what is the best production city chicago la new york or other who won and as of right now los angeles is in the lead with 40 percent makes sense 40 percent la's in lead followed by chicago Whoa. Followed by New York. Man. Sorry. But don't you, no, uh... sorry. Followed by Other. Other got more votes than New York. Ooh. Can you believe that? Hey, speaking of New York, yeah. don't, uh, you, got a little, you got a little surprise for us, That's don't right. You? Every show this month, we got somebody from that city, mm-hmm. and this week we're talking about the Big Apple, New York, New York. Wow. And I've got a uh, director of photography mm-hmm. that I typically shoot with when I'm in New York, Um and he's got a great network and some guys that, that we've worked with again and again, and, and I love this man. Is he calling in? Uh, we're calling him. Oh, we're calling him. Yeah. And he is he is actually an Australian. He's nice. an Australian. Because no one in New York is from New York. No. Okay. So let's dial it up. Let's see if we can get a hold of him. Uh, I'll try his New York number, not his Australia number. All right. Okay. Go for it. Boop, 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 boop. Angus, you there? I am here. How are you? <laughs> Angus. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, Alex. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> we are good. So uh, those of you listening, this is Mr. Angus Oborn. Angus, tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. How in the hell do you know us? And how do, how do, how does, oh, how do people gosh. know you? What do you do? What, why are you here? <laughs> well, uh, I know you because you called me at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning in a panic about four years ago, <laughs> needing something shot on the Monday. Wow. And I made it happen, and we've been friends ever since. That's right, buddy. A fixer. It might have been, been six o'clock. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm an Australian living in New York, which I'm now very sad to hear is ranked below other <laughs> in, uh, in uh, production cities, which I'll do my best to rectify. Yes. Uh, I, I'm... A trained photographer and I've worked as a stills guy for 15 plus years and then saw the light and realized that moving pictures was much more fun mm. <laughs> and uh, here I am I guess I made yeah. that change about six years ago yeah. I guess I still shoot the odd stills job but uh, I enjoy this stuff much more yeah yes. and I think I maybe I fall into the category of like an early adapter for using you for vi- for video right I mean I was yeah I was on the yeah. front lines yeah I think it was yeah. probably First or second year that I was doing it, <laughs> that's I think awesome. I had the I had the misfortune of using a DSLR for that job, which didn't work <laughs> out so well for me. Uh, but, uh, those days have long gone. Yeah. So how much these days? How much are are you doing stills versus video stuff? Like, is, like give us a percentage. Uh, I think when I went through my invoices for tax time, I think it worked out to about fifteen percent was stills. Oh wow! Yeah. You made the jump. Yeah. Yeah, you're an actual DP now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, which is funny because when I tell people, you know, when I explain director of photography, people automatically assume stills if they don't know the industry. <laughs> ah, interesting. <laughs> photography. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about your story. How does an Australian end up in New York shooting pictures? Uh, you'll have to ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I met an, an American girl when I was in high school and fell in love and 10 years later moved over here to be with her and I've been here ever since. Mm, love story. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, like 20 years ago now. So, Gosh. So in that journey, what, what was that like? I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, maybe not unlike yourself, that are coming from other countries or other cities, and they're going to New York to chase the dream of the Big Apple. They want to, mm -hmm. the lights, the camera, the action. You know, it's one of our major production cities in the country. What was that like? And talk a little bit about, you know, how do you get started? Or how did you get your foot in the door? Talk about that. So I already was, uh, I'd moved, in Australia, I'd already moved on from being an assistant. I was shooting, had my whole career sort of mapped out, or at least I thought I did. And then I moved here and I suddenly realized that coming here as a photographer was going to present a whole bunch of challenges. So I decided to step back and go back to assisting for a year or two. And it was without doubt the best decision I ever made. I mean, I got to know so many people, got to know the industry from the bottom up, um, got to know the city and, you know, every street and every rental house and location and you name it. Um, some of those suppliers are different in the stills world to the to the video world, but you know it's more or less the same kind of thing. And um, you know, after I felt like I'd learned enough, I then got into shooting, and you know, I was in the stills thing for for a long time. So, is nice. that what was it? Is that climate pretty? Was it pretty competitive? I mean, you know, when you when you first came in, was it just like a boom town, or was it like you had to really oh, yeah. hustle? No, it was crazy. There was so much work. I mean, there still is. Um, you know, New York being, you know, the, the lowest ranked production city in your survey, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, there's a huge amount of work, but there's also a huge amount of competition yeah. uh, from people wanting to do that work. And, you know, a lot of it goes to people coming from outside of New York to shoot it. But then a lot of productions come here needing local people to shoot their productions. So, you know, there's an enormous amount of stuff going on here. Mm. And it's just a matter of, you know, like everything else, it, it boils down to personal relationships and, you know, doing good work with people you like that you like being around and then the word gets around and, you know, that's, that's how it works. It's the <laughs> same in every city. It's not just New York. Yeah, no doubt. So did you, uh, what I want to know, so here's something I've always been curious about. Working in New York, are you like riding the subway with bags of gear? Are you uh, hopping in taxis? Are you calling Uber? What are you doing? How do you get well, around? I guess it all depends on the job. I mean, if I'm doing a job in a studio where camera and lighting and everything's in the studio, yeah, I just put a light meter and a few other bits and bobs in a satchel and ride the, the subway. Um, nice. If there are some jobs where I need to take like one or two Pelican cases and a tripod, you know, nothing, nothing big. Um, I actually have a cargo bike that I transport my kids to and from school on, and I cargo rip the bike. seats off the back, and uh, I can put two large Pelly cases on the back with a tripod over the top, and I ride to some of my gigs. And it, I live at the top end of Central Park, and most of those gigs are in Midtown, so I get to ride through Central Park on my way to work. It's nice. just awesome. Hey, you gotta you gotta uh, pack pack that thing up for us and snap a pic oh, so we yeah. can share it because I that thing's pretty cool. Yeah, I have one yeah. That sounds amazing. The, uh, so I have a story. So me and Angus were shooting. Um, it was uh, overnights at uh, Grand Central Station. Grand Central Terminal. And, yeah. Come on, Brand. <laughs> Grand Central Terminal. Sorry. And uh, and so he he shows up and 
he gets out of a cab or something and he's got like a rock and roller and this thing is packed to the hilt and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh. I mean, there was so much gear that two guys had that came via like either Uber or Zipcar. Or I don't know what it was, but to answer your question, Alex, like it, that was one of the projects where I remember like, oh my gosh, like yeah. you guys took public transit with all this no, gear? Well, yeah, because I know crazy. a lot of people don't own cars in New York because it's so expensive to park them, right? Yeah. <coughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, it's 500 all about bucks a month to park a car. And then, you know, you get to your location and you dump your gear. Then you've got to drive three blocks to find a, a parking garage. I mean, there's just no point. That Much better good. using car Crazy. service or cabs or whatever. Well, so on that same note, I have a question. Do you, uh, speaking of, you know, traveling with gear and stuff, do you own your own gear? Do you rent gear? Because we have a lot of people that do, you know, both, obviously. Right. Um, I no longer buy cameras for myself because they change so quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, so I rent for every job. Um, all the lenses that I use, I mean, they're all for the ones that I'm using. Stills lenses, I use my Canon EF lenses. Um, but you know, if I need real lenses, then they come with the camera as well. Nice you know, cine lenses. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about New York, also, is that the rental rates for gear is significantly cheaper than a lot of other places. So you know, mm. you, you can get a lot of camera for your money. Yeah. Now you got you guys got a lot. I mean, B and H and. Adorama, those are they're all based out of New York, right? Abel yeah. Cine, right? Yeah, yeah. So and Abel, yeah, yeah. So in addition to those, there's probably other smaller shops. So there's you know infinite resources when it comes to rental. But is that um, do you ever find like where you know if if all of a sudden it's a, a busy week or whatnot, like it's hard to get get a hold of stuff, or is it just literally there's so many places to get from? There's there's always gear available. Interestingly, I rent pretty frequently from Adorama. Mm. Uh, I have a bunch of friends who work there and I've, I find their prices and their service to be great. Um, but they observe all of the Jewish public holidays or the Jewish holidays. Mm-hmm. It's like so, B&H, right? Yeah, yeah b Yeah, same exactly. Way. The same calendar as B&H. How did they so, end up running the rental game? You know, I don't know. It, you know, those guys run the, the camera houses. And then <laughs> back when I was in stills, it was uh, all of the film developing houses were run by Indians. And it was just, oh, you know, yeah. I guess they just got into it. Anyway, um, so the, the, the trick is, you know, if you have a production that's, you know, coming up and you've got some decent notice, you can always get the gear because you know they're going to be closed and you get it ahead of their closing. But if you get a last minute job and they're closed, you've got to scramble and go somewhere else. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just you need to you need to be a little bit prepared. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever do any like the lens rentals or the lens pro to go or any of the, those things? I have. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think I used some of that stuff on that job you were mentioning before, yeah. uh, Brandon, the one in Grand Central. Um, they are really great. And, I, you know, I think there are some, uh, I mean, this is probably uh, highly classified information, <laughs> but I think some of those, there are some businesses like those guys coming into New York, which will mean that the turnaround, you know, will be super fast and the prices will be great. So huh. yeah. there, are, there are things happening in that, in that space. Man, you, and I guess the other got, part. Of, sorry, I was just say you, you must have the insider information. Uh, you know, I got <laughs> connections. Um, the other, the other cool thing about the the Jewish holiday thing is all of these rental houses that observe them. They they want to get their inventory out. They don't want to be sitting on stuff for a ten day holiday. So you can get a package for a two day rental for ten days, twelve days. You know, and if you want to go shoot some personal project and you've got it already prepped. And you can make it happen in that holiday. You can do it for nothing. It's it's yeah. a really fantastic huh. way to uh, to do stuff like that that you you know ordinarily you wouldn't be able to afford to. That's nice. cool. Very cool. 
That's awesome. So speaking of gear, staying on the same kind of vein, uh, same line, are you a you know a fanboy of any particular company? Are you a red guy, uh, Canon guy, Aerie? Uh, the last year or so, I have been heading towards Sony just because a bunch of productions that I've worked on have used F5s and uh, just this last weekend I've used a camera, uh, the FS7, which I've used from time to time. And I have to say, in that price point, it is an amazing camera. So many options, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, shooting the Cine EI with the S-Log3 profile, it's just, uh, it's an incredible Yeah, the range is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the type of work you're doing. So you made the transition, um, you know, and, and you can hit on the transition as well. Was it a hard transition? Did it did it seem to be pretty natural? And how competitive competitive is it, you know, as a real working filmmaker in New York? I'm not talking about you know being on a film or a TV show. I'm talking about you know brand content, uh, commercials, you know, just good old working <laughs> filmmaker type stuff. Um, how hard is it to work there, or is it just is it just like a, a hardcore grind? And then you've got the cost of living. I mean, let's just get into it. What are like if I'm a listener and I'm saying, man, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to do this thing. What do I need to know? Hmm. Gosh, where to begin? Um, well, like I said before, there's a huge amount of work. Um, but for me, coming from my background, I already had a lot of corporate clients who saw the writing on the wall, you know, all these mobile devices, and they decided they wanted to start incorporating motion into what they did. So uh, that work came very easily. And then on top of that, I, through my sort of professional network of stills guys, they were also being asked by their clients to shoot video. And I'd have to say, like, the majority of them were freaked out and scared by it. And they would call me and say, Angus, can you shoot this for me? And so... I had work just falling in my lap. That's always nice. (laughs) And it was great. Um, You know, some of it was boring and just, you know, trash for cash, but some of it was really interesting. And um, so I still do a lot of that corporate sort of interview interview B-roll type of thing. Um, I haven't shot any big commercials or anything like that. I mean, I suspect that's just a completely different market from where I am. Mm. Um, And that's okay because, you know, I have a young family and, you know, for the most part, one, two, three-day shoots is my comfort level. I, I yeah. like that level of uh, activity. So it sounds like, you know, maybe the first point I'd pull out from that comment is, you know, be willing to do the work. Mm. You know, oh, yeah. you were, you were, there were some guys who weren't willing, you were willing, and from that, you, you've been able to get some jobs and build a network. Yeah, for sure. And, and not only that, like, you may think that what you want to do is X, and then all of a sudden off, someone offers you Y, and you're like, uh, that doesn't sound like something I would enjoy shooting. Well, you'd be crazy not to. And mm-hmm. you know, in the last couple of years, I've had um, weird and wonderful shoots where you know I was invited to shoot something, and it worked out really well, and I loved it. I mean, I just I shot my first TV uh, what two or three months ago. I yeah, you were telling was, me that we were t- we were texting. Yeah, what, yeah. what is this? I want to hear about this. Uh, so a friend of mine directs uh, a show on the DIY network called Barnwood Builders. I don't know if you know it. <laughs> yeah. You know it? I do, yeah. I'm, I'm nice. real big into the DIY. We're getting ready oh, to really? buy oh, a home. Sweet. So, yeah. Oh, well, so so he asked me if I wanted to, to come shoot some of that. So it's a two-camera show, and I was on B camera because it was my first time. Um, and I had a blast. It was 
just spectacular. Was it, now, yeah. is it like super run and gun? Give us a, a rundown. What was the location? What were you doing? So we were down in uh, northeastern Alabama, and yes. they were yeah, yeah. That's just it was fun. Um, you know, the the long days outside in whatever weather happened to show up, and we were very lucky. The weather was great, and they told me that you know I was super lucky, but you know I just figured you know whatever. Mm. But uh, uh, F five with a what is it a Fuji. 20 to 120, is that the lens? I'm trying to remember which one it is, but oh, it's, nice. a, it's a fairly decent sized lens. Is that the one Cup. with the zoom rocker on it, the servo? You have the choice, yeah. We uh, ripped that off and I just put a zoom lever on there just so I could have one finger on it. Nice. Um, and then a couple of big batteries out the back. Um, I actually used an easy rig for the first time because I was worried, being an old man, uh. that I <laughs> wasn't going to be able to put up with this monster camera on my shoulder all day. Aren't those and, great inventions, the easy rig? Yeah. Well, they are, but... Well, yeah, so for for standing still and shooting something, they're fantastic. Uh-huh. But the minute you have to start to move your body around to change the shot, because of the way the weight is suspended, the camera wiggles a you lot. A, you get a bounce. A, yeah. You get a rotational <laughs> wiggle. Uh-huh. And you don't really notice it so much when you're shooting it because, you know, you're moving. But uh, they told me after they were reviewing the footage that they were getting seasick whenever I moved the camera around. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I would, I would settle on whatever I was shooting and then move and they would have to reach for the wastebasket. Nice. So, uh, so for know, our listeners who don't know, in, can you describe what an easy rig is? It's like a, a, a backpack harness kind of thing that transfers the weight of the camera onto your hips by using a, uh, what do you call it, like a boom a crane thing that goes up and over your back, over your head. And then it uh, has a counterweighted cable mm. that hangs down to clip onto the top handle of the camera. So you you balance it so the camera's weight is totally taken off your shoulder. Yeah, and they they are a lifesaver. I don't think I could have done it uh, without it. Mind you, the next time I go out with those guys, if they call me, which I'm hoping they will, um, I think I want to go just handheld because I think I'll be able to get around a scene much more quickly mm-hmm. uh, without. Um, worrying about that, so. Nice. Uh, but it is. I mean, for a big, heavy camera, it's uh, it's a pretty spectacular piece you, of kit. You know, in north northeastern Alabama, that's where the serpent handling churches were started. Really? Yeah. In those hills, that's that's the first. I forget the guy's name, but the first church was started. The guy who he was he was walking in those hills and uh, came across the snake and felt the Lord call him to pick it up and. He tied it back to the the passages and you know the Pentecost passages about you know being able to pick up serpents and not be harmed, and he was like, ah, I guess I'll start a new uh, a new sect of Christianity based on this, and then it kind of spread throughout Appalachia. Interesting. I met some people down there that I could totally see doing that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was a wonderful place. Such lovely yeah. people. I had a really great time. That's fun. So so uh, so you're doing some reality. What other uh, what other stuff have you been getting into? Uh, I hesitate to call that reality because yeah. it's not one of those nasty sniping okay, so, things yeah. where the producers are you know, constantly sort of egging people on to do horrible things. It's actually more just like a documentary. It's mm. it was yeah. a lot of fun. Very cool. Are you? Uh, what about some of the weirder stuff that's coming out, like the VR, the 360, the any of those things? You doing any of that? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I saw the new. Was it the Nokia thing? It's yeah. got yeah. cameras mounted on it. Ozo. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no idea how that works. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's incredible. I'm. Not, I don't know if they know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to at NAB, I went over to their booth, and of course they had these you know paid models that were all dressed in like duct tape, like 
tight silver Duct tape. Uh, <laughs> outfits. And it was funny because everybody at NAB are just a bunch of nerds, so no one really cared about the, <laughs> the girls. They were mm. just like, let me see the camera. Mm-hmm. And the one girl was standing there because no, there's like no experts. And so I started asking questions, and her response was like, um, no one's asked me that question yet. And so it was no, just no, kind of like... She was the product expert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't really find out about yeah. the camera. And then there was this... Uh, they had where you could experience... They had the camera set up, and they were like, hey, you want to put on the VR thing, and you can experience it live. And I'm like, yeah. So I put on the VR thing, and it was a black screen. And so I'm like, the screen's black. And they're like, just a second. And the screen was still black. Well, either way, it didn't work. So I just took, uh, took off the headset, uh, and I was... I took the headset off and I was it's, like, okay. It's VR blackness. I I'm mean, out. It's, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. I, I, you know, here's the thing. I'm a skeptic. I will say, though, um, there's a lot of people that are all in, one of which we're going to have on the show. He's yeah. from a Leap Agency. His name's Drew. And Drew is uh, the head of our technology division. And he he got he chewed me out me and you he got on our case he was like you guys don't know anything you guys are talking you know crap about VR and so anyway we're gonna have Drew on the show to talk nice. the real the real story there was VR. a photo posted recently of Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook walking like through thousands of people that were in chairs strapped into VR headsets and it yeah. reminded me of the Matrix mm-hmm. that's the that's our future. Angus is is just yep. people sitting there staring off into a void. Well, it's funny. I mean, the the few times that I've seen this VR thing happening that has really captivated me was in the photojournalism realm, where mm. you know you can, as the viewer, you can choose what part of the scene to take in. So you know, I guess it takes some of the uh, authorship or whatever you want to call it out of the the photography side of things. But as a as a as a content user, mm-hmm. it's an amazing thing. To yeah. be able to look around a scene like that is, is pretty incredible stuff. I, I guess that's a good question. Where do you see that going? I mean, do you see it more as use in uh, you know news news media or you know training or you know we we have a debate here. I don't think it's going to be used in narrative at all. Yeah, I can't see that either. I yeah. mean, I'm sure some you know Northern European director will find a use for it, but <laughs> um, you know, I would agree. I mean, I think you know probably training that kind of thing where you want someone to basically be as close as you can be to somewhere without actually being there for training purposes. I think that's, you know, perfect for that. But yeah. narrative, I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. sticking on uh, this idea of production cities, you know, is New York buzzing right now? Are you guys, like, electric with with films and stuff? And is it a, or is it kind of a slow period? Or does it does – it, it seems is to be it, busy. Does it does it vary based on the seasons? Like, is the summer more booming, the winter slower? Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think it's busy quite a lot of the year. I think the the mayor's office of uh, what's it called the MOFTV, the mayor's office of film, TV, and broadcasting, they do a great job of promoting um, New York as a as a production city. Obviously, not good enough given your <laughs> survey, but um, so I'm always seeing trucks lining the streets. Yeah. And in fact, uh, just earlier today, I was meeting a, a friend and colleague for lunch and we agreed to meet at the sushi restaurant. And as I was riding my bike up, I texted him as I passed the light and I said, I'm here. And he said, ah, Hollywood beat us to it. And sure enough, our ah. favorite sushi restaurant's been taken over by production for the day. Wow. <laughs> hey, so anyway, but no, I think there's a lot of stuff going on. It's, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty busy. Speaking of restaurants, I'm pretty sure I offended you in your ramen experience. <laughs> Oh yes. Wait, what? And I actually I do recall what you said to the 
It wasn't the chef. I think wait, it might have been the matron. You got to you got to tell I need some context. Wait, let me to this. Uh, we'll yeah. tell the story together. I'll Somebody set up the set first, up. I'll set up the first half. Right. So Angus, so we're hanging out, we wrap on set and uh, you know, we're we're having a great time. We're hanging out and Angus is like, "Oh, I want to take you to my uh, to my favorite ramen place." Mm. And in New York, ramen's like the thing. It hasn't really made it to Cincinnati yet in Top the Midwest. Top ramen like the 50 cent like Dude, styrofoam no, cup. No, 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 no. It's like ramen like magical chef it's crazy so he he's making a big deal about ramen and i'm like come on ramen so i'm like let's do this so he like takes me to this ramen place and it starts off amazing it starts off amazing you go in there people are yelling and they're like they like introduce you when you sit down they're like they're like hey everybody you know, Joe is and Shelly are getting ready to experience ramen. And then, like, everybody in the room yells, like, yay, ramen. Like, it's the craziest thing ever. Oh, and uh, and so, anyway, we go. Like, we're I'm loving it. We had some bourbon while we're waiting. We get in. It's, like, the fanciest ramen we place. Sake. Yeah, we, we were drinking sake. And, uh, Japanese we, bourbon. We get in there. and <laughs> Rice wine. We, you know, people yell. They cheer us on when we sit down. And I'm so excited. Yeah. And at this point... I asked Angus, what should I get? And I'll let him tell the rest of the story and how it unfolded. Well, I'm not sure if I remember exactly the same part as you, because, you know, clearly we'd had some sake by this point. But um, I do remember saying you should just order what they suggest is like their classic thing. And so he does, and we eat it. And he's not overwhelmed, like most of the people I take to these kinds of places. And, you know, bear in mind, I think this was one of the better ones in the city and I was really proud to take him there. And we actually got a seat without waiting for two hours, which is incredible. And I think we paid and we were leaving and then, oh, that's right. No, we stopped by the bar on the way out. The man behind the bar who had very kindly gave, given us a bunch of sake beforehand and he said, so what did you think? And... Uh, what did you say? Brandon's lackluster <laughs> Just like my grandmother's chicken noodle soup. <laughs> I said something it, like that. I said it tastes like Campbell's chicken noodles. Oh, that's what it was. Oh. <laughs> and there was this silence around the room. My God. It was but bad. It, it did, you know, I haven't been back since. I haven't been back to that <laughs> they place. They banned you. Barris. All the love and craftsmanship uh. that went into that ramen, and you call it Campbell's <laughs> chicken noodle soup. That's what happens, man. You give me sake, I'm just going to be Did you ask for the recipe and ask how long they microwaved it? (laughs) But I will say it was a great great moment. Anytime I get to hang out with Angus, it's great. So that was really fun. But you did take us to that really cool uh, coffee shop, your your buddy's coffee place, and that was awesome. Which one? What did you say? It tastes just Uh, like Folgers? Just a tiny – there was like Uh, a – Good one, Alex. Yeah. No, no, it was a tiny little place. It was me, you, and Rosie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, That was great. We love well, that so that's one of the great things about New York production is that you're never that far from good coffee anymore. Thanks yeah. to the Australians who moved here in like I don't know ten years ago, like there's <laughs> really good coffee here, which yeah. comes in handy. Is coffee an Australian thing? Uh, serious coffee uh, is a particularly Australian thing, actually. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's great. Cool. Hey, well, so I got a question about New York production. Okay. Do you guys have um, tax incentives like we do here? Is that a big deal or a determining factor in what kind of productions you get or work on? You know, that's probably out of my pay scale. I'm not sure. I, I bet there probably are. Yeah. Because I think, you know, most states are fairly aggressive in sort of promoting that sort of stuff. But I know that they're contentious. And so, you know, I actually, again, it's not the sort of stuff I shoot. So I mm. don't. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this. So let's get into like some real world stuff. So I let's say I'm a young filmmaker and I'm wanting to make the jump. I want to live in New York. I want to work in New York. 
Um, I don't have a ton of experience, but I'm ready to grip or I'm ready to be a PA for a guy like you. What are you looking for? What do you want? What do you want out of these kids, out of these young filmmakers in New York? What do you want to see? What's going to make you hire them again and again? Uh, I want their phone to stay in their pocket. <laughs> um, and yeah, I my best assistant experience has been an ex-marine who just refused to leave my side until I told him to go take a break. Wow. Um, and I see the opposite of that in a lot of kids that we work with that they're you know, only too happy to get on Instagram or whatever and tell the world about the cool thing that they're doing that day, but they're not actually there when you really need them to reach out a hand and grab something or whatever. Yeah. Um, Hashtag so, camera porn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a good insight. So, you know, those of you listening, you know, no matter where you're going, uh, be ready to work. Be attentive. You know, jump yeah. in there and, and get ready to make things happen. Yeah, you, you know, as you're moving about the city, I mean, <clears throat> is it hard to find studios? If I, you know, I know we've shot in a couple different places, you know, yeah. with Sykes and stuff like that. Is that are people, you know, fighting to get a hold of, you know, psych walls and green screens? Talk a little no, bit there's, about. There's a bunch of stuff. I mean, right from the very smallest sort of, <coughs> you know, twenty by twenty type green screen pre lit studios. There's a bunch of them, and then it goes up from there. And in fact, I recall one of the jobs that we were going to do, we needed to park a truck on a white psych and you know that's the end of that end of production scale is where studios are actually booked out months in advance for tv shows and whatnot so actually doing a one-off shoot of that scale is actually more challenging than you would think because yeah. there aren't that many huge spaces for that kind of thing um but i think you created some crafty way around having to get a truck on the set <laughs> i can't remember what it was but i know we didn't need to do it yeah we yeah. figured it out uh Man. So here's, but yeah, there's a, there's a huge number of studios um, at, you know, in every budget range, you know, there'll be the places that have really good lighting and grip. And there are the places that have like nasty little battery powered LED stuff on rickety stands and you just, you don't want to go near them. But yeah. you know, if, if that's all the budget calls for, then you make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the place we shot at, um, I forget the name of it, but the, the one guy, they, he got hit by the flood, right? Oh, I bet he did. The one, yeah. little, the little place, Cine in, Magic. The yeah. one that's down in the basement. Yeah, it's in uh, Soho, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, how, did the flood? Did that? Did that storm? What kind of an impact did that have on the production industry? Do you get? Do you describe what was that like for you? I mean, you you didn't get hit too bad, right? Because you were. No, we live we live uptown. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, you know, I actually don't know. I couldn't tell you. I mean, you know, I'm sure that quite a few people were affected, and I'm sure some of the sort of long term. Productions were affected just by uh, lack of power and transportation, all that sort of stuff. But uh, that's a good question. I really mm-hmm. don't know. Interesting. Well, so we have a few questions on the show, uh, one of which I want to ask right now is what are you working on? What are you currently doing or what do you have coming up in the next few weeks? That yeah, you're working and if on? you can't say it, just use a code word or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, actually, uh, I'm, in, I'm working with a couple of different production companies who are really aggressively trying to make new shows and web content happen. So a bunch of the stuff that I've done recently and will be doing over the next little while is development stuff, uh, which is great because they're always willing to do things differently or, you know, push the envelope and, you know, listen to my ideas and all that sort of stuff and that's great. Um, The bummer of it is that quite often this stuff can never be seen. So... Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I did some stuff with uh, our mutual friend Joe uh, a yes. couple of months ago, 
And I was really proud of it. It, was, it looked really fantastic. Uh, but it was for a pitch, and it'll never be seen, and I can't oh, show man. it. <laughs> isn't that the isn't that the worst? Wow. I mean, I, we've we we've got all got projects like I've that. I think people few, do. Yeah. It's like, oh, I did this really cool thing. I can't, can't really talk about there. it or show it. Are you talking about? Uh, so, what kind of projects are you talking? Can you say that? Like scripted, well, so scripted would, narrative or reality? Uh, this was like a, a a very short paced scripted thing. It was uh, it was a pitch for a, uh, some Snapchat business. Ah. And so, I mean, one of the wrinkles in this was that it had to be shot vertically because, you know, Snapchat is, uh, wow. is 9 by 16, not 16 by 9. So I had to rig a camera on its side and, you know, make that work in a handheld setting, which was a pain in the rear. But Man. it was a lot of fun to shoot. And so it was, you know, six or eight setups in a day and, uh, you know, working fast but having a lot of fun. It was, it was really wonderful work. I, and Joe is a great director for that kind of stuff. He makes good, quick decisions and his instincts yeah. are right. Yeah, I I was so happy to connect you guys because we met. I met Joe at the documentary uh, filmmaker um, festival in Toronto, and the past this one? Uh, it was the year we did Venom and Fire, the Rattlesnake. So hand. was I there? Yeah, you were there. Huh. No, you may have uh, had to. You were getting married or something. I don't know. Something happened. I left. You had to fly home. I'm not sure. I had a job. Yeah, yeah you had a job. Right. But anyway, Joe, we met Joe, and they ended up getting Best Picture, and oh, and we were like, man. Yeah. We clearly had the best picture, and but anyway, so at the at the uh, at the meetup afterwards, where we where we're all drinking, uh, you know, we met Joe and Julia, and just immediately clicked, and and it was just great, and they were just like. They were like, oh, man, you guys should have won. And, <laughs> and we, were like, we were like, no, you guys deserved it. It was pretty awesome because their film was great. And, and immediately we just we, we hit it off. And the thing that, that bonded me and Joe forever is that we both love, and our favorite film is Point Break, the original. And we were, we were, we were probably a little drunk, but we were like quoting them. We basically acted out the whole movie in a bar in Toronto that night. I was there. It was. Am- I remember. Yeah, this. it was amazing. Yeah. And ever since then, I've just kept in touch with Joe. And anytime I'm in New York, in addition to hanging out with Angus, I always, you know, try to try to connect with Joe. And I, one day, I was like, "Man, you guys need to get connected." And then, you know, I kind of emailed you and connected you. And then I'm so happy to see that you guys have actually uh, hung out and done work together. Yeah, and there's a couple of other projects in the offing that I can't talk about. So <laughs> uh, I think I think I might be a part of one of these. Like he. Uh, oh really? Yeah, well, I mean, Joe was saying he's going to try to bring us into the mix, maybe. Oh, oh really? Yeah, we'll see. How awesome would that? That'd be cool. That would be a lot of fun. So, and, and so. that's the thing. You know, if you're listening to the show, here's the real here's the real thing you need to know. It's about relationships. You know, um, I mean, I didn't know Angus at all, and it was a cold call based on a need, and he he pulled through for me, and mm-hmm. he allowed me to shine for my client. Through that, we had chemistry and we've built a friendship. And the same with Joe, and that's how you work. That's how, you know, nowadays if somebody asks me, can I shoot something in New York, I never hesitate because I have a network in New York through relationships who I know are gonna pull through and get it done. And I think that's what it's about. So, you know, as we spend this month talking about production cities, no matter what city you're in, the most important thing is focusing on building great relationships with people who are legitimate, reliable, mm. who are actually doing work and who are you can trust. Your network guess, is your net worth. There, you, there go. you go. Yeah. And I guess going back to what you were saying about up and coming people trying to get work, um, don't forget the the value of just common courtesy. So I got an email from an assistant, a second AC from a job 
who said, you know, really enjoyed working on the job with you. Um, he asked a question about some other project that I was working on. You know, I'd love to work with you again. And, you know, not many people actually go to the trouble of doing that. And it stuck with me. And so the next gig that I needed to, to crew, guess who I called? And it, yeah. it really works. The nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well, the other question we always ask is, what are you watching? So, you know, mm. what are you into, man? I mean, I know you're working. You got, you know, little kids. I mean, how, dude, how old's your daughter now? She's eight. Well, Whoa. she'll be eight in a couple of weeks. You know that my son's seven. Like, oh, they're, yeah, they could be a thing. We could, we could set this up. <laughs> That's all right. It works. <laughs> we we actually talked about going to New York this year, um, and then we just we switched to Disney. Wow. So, but I think maybe next year. Or well, if you want to do it, there's a there's a person in my building who rents their apartment dirt cheap, and it would nice. be great to have you in the building. That would be amazing. So we'll have to yeah. we'll have to set that up. So you can go to ramen places yeah. every night. But that would yeah. just, I just think it'd be so much fun. I think our you know Nash and her would have a ton of fun, and actually oh, totally. we could all oh. go out, go out to dinner because my 13 year old could babysit. And well, and Grace could sing every Casey Chambers song known to man. <laughs> Whoa, so, nice. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah. So so what am I watching? Uh, um, yeah, what are you into? Most recently. You know, we don't have cable because I don't have time or money for that. Um, I have been watching a documentary series on Netflix called Cooked mm. by Michael Pollan. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Uh, know about I, it? Know about it. Haven't no, seen it. I watched the um, the other the other food series. Uh, the chef Chef's Table. Chef's, chef's Table. Yeah. Chef's Table on Netflix was really good. Right. But I've seen Cooked, and it's on my it's in my queue. Tell us about it. It's uh, well, so it's it's <coughs> it's based on his book. Um, and you know, I'm really into food cause I used to shoot a lot of food when I was doing stills and, uh, you know, got to meet a lot of really interesting chefs and hear about interesting food stories. But, you know, Michael Pollan has some pretty compelling things to say about food and this is just beautifully filmed. He presents well and whoever shoots it does an amazing job. Um, you know, there's little bits of slow-mo in there, but it's not gratuitous. It's just beautiful. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, frankly, if there's anyone out there listening, this is my self-promotion bit, but um, I would like to shoot something like Cooked one day. That would make me very happy indeed. Yeah. Nice. All right. So yeah, that's the way it's going, man, is the Netflix and the Hulu and the Amazon. It's yeah. those original series, you know? Yeah. No, that's where the money is for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome, man. Very cool. Well, that's fun. So that's what's most recent on the list. And, you know, with young kids, that's all I can remember, really. <laughs> <laughs> do, you do, do you do, like, Brandon, a lot of uh, animated series and stuff for your kids? Yeah, um, God, I'm trying to remember what the last one. Oh, um, Iron Giant. We just had that one. Oh, and dude, Iron Giant, that, classic, awesome. just spectacular. That's Brad, the best movie. Brad Bird. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, I love that movie. Man, it was it was a hard one to get my daughter to watch because she was a little freaked out by the electrocution of the robot. But <laughs> yeah. once she got over that, she just fell in love with it. That's oh, one that's good it. for kids, good for adults. Yeah. Everybody can take something different away from it. Yeah, me and Nash are big fans of that. Wow, wow, wow. So that's cool. What are you watching, Alex? What am I watching? Um, I haven't watched a lot recently. We watched, uh, I rented, I've already seen it in theaters, but I rented uh, Hateful Eight. Ah, nice. Yeah, so Tarantino. It's fun. Yeah, but we watched about half of it before Kristen lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long, long and drawn yeah, out. Yeah, she, she couldn't get into it. Yeah. She thought it was cheesy. She thought the acting and the writing. And I'm like, well, this is Tarantino. Like, you got to. She's double Exactly. She couldn't do it. So, what about you, man? Uh, well, we're f- we were caught up on the path on Hulu. Angus, have you seen the path? I have not. It's you kind of a. To. They're basically following the storyline a little bit of Scientology and, um, you know, sort of the characters of uh, 
uh, uh, the main Scientology Miscavige. dude. Yeah, David Miscavige. And there's uh, actually yeah. Jesse from Breaking Bad is one of the main characters. And he's in this yeah. sort of cult-like sort of setting. And then all of a sudden... He just he he has an epiphany that oh my gosh I don't believe this anymore mm. and now he's stuck between like getting out but yet his family's still like all in so it's pretty interesting yeah mm. so that's pretty fun we're watching that we're watching um, ooh I got another one sorry oh yeah it just started again Game of Thrones oh uh, okay which you haven't started I don't I I'm not gonna watch that you're not a big rope I'm game. not watching it I don't yeah, like I want to know your reasons for that Brandon I don't I feel like I'm in your camp I don't like robes Angus I've told you this before. Any, it's a ridiculous reason. <laughs> any Thanks. movie with robes, I just don't really like. Like, don't yeah. if you have wizards and robes, Brandon's anything a robe like racist that. I right hate now. it. Yeah, I hate really? it. Really? <laughs> yeah. And you know who else agrees with me is uh, no my, one. Our no fr- one. That's yeah, who. Our friends from uh, our friends from uh, Whipster. Yeah, Whipster. The kids over at over in Auckland in uh, Wellington. Yeah. So uh, boo. They all they agree, agree with you yeah. because I mean yes. robes robes pay a significant part of the absolutely economy. exactly yeah. and he said yeah, uh, Lord Ro- of the Rings Rolo bro. said that although Lord of the Rings is a huge thing he said that everyone no one there in New Zealand it. or the NZ as they call it does it they don't really care about it uh, so anyway, weird you know weird, but yeah weird, that's weird. right man I just think I just don't get it it's just not it's not well, my thing yeah well to switch things up yet speaking about Whipster we were just out at NAB yeah hung out with them at the booth. There yes. was a lot of new gear. Not really a lot of new gear, but there was new gear. Angus, are you excited about anything? Specifically yes. gear, specifically yes. movies? What are you excited about? Well, one standout for me um, that I think fits perfectly with the kind of work I do and where I came from is the new uh, Canon 18-80 to Cine lens. Mm. Um, it's, like, it's just perfect. It's five grand, which is a bargain for a Cine lens, yeah. but it's, it's amazing optical performance. Good but sized package, but it's slow, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, cameras are so sensitive these days. And especially frankly, every time I shoot wide open, I want to shoot myself in the head. So <laughs> the fact that it's a what is a T four or something it's like four, that, yeah. I could care less. And you're on a you. You said you're shooting FS seven or F five, yeah. so you're at like twelve fifty two thousand ISO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes no difference. And nice. in fact, you know, the the availability of that lens and the fact that I'm sure Canon is going to make more lenses like that. They'll probably make a longer zoom at some point. Um, I, as Brandon knows, I have shot a bunch of stuff on the Canon C series, mm-hmm. and having that lens as a native EF mount on a C300 Mark II, I think would be a pretty amazing package. So I'm actually going to start, um, you know, playing with that camera a little bit more to see whether that's something that I might actually like to it's, possibly nice. let's buy. Talk, let's talk a little more about this lens because I have the C100 yeah. Mark IIs, mm-hmm. and well, I love I love them. The and lens covers eighteen to eighty. Yeah. It basically covers the full set of, of a prime set if you would rent one. Pretty that, much. I think that's what it's designed to wow. do is a, be a full set of primes in a zoom. Yep. Wow. And obviously not as wide open, but you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Not such a big deal anymore. No doubt. That sounds kind of interesting. What, what else? What else have you heard out there that you're excited? Are you, uh, you know, looking into the black magic stuff? Have, have you just completely discounted that? You know. well, it's funny, I was just having this conversation at lunchtime with this friend, um, and I have to like Black Magic because they're from Melbourne, like me, and I actually ah. did know Grant Petty back in the days when he was working in a post house developing all these amazing products way back in ancient history. Um, I think as a company, they are really starting to hit their straps. They are no longer falling into the trap of announcing things that aren't available for a year and horrible firmware upgrades and you know just you know problematic 
things. I think some of their stuff is really pretty amazing. I actually wish that I'd been at NAB this year for for things like Dude, that. We oh, we would have had a we would have had a good time if you were there. You you would have been in our <laughs> meetup where Brandon did some dance moves, <laughs> lost hey, all his money. <laughs> there's a we'll have to talk about this when when Webster's on the show. They're going to be our our June uh, partner, but the guys from Webster. Um, we we hung out with them late one night and oh, so those New Zealanders. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so so Whipster's a video review platform where you upload videos and you can make comments on the annotated video. Well, I get a link sent from Andre at Whipster and he's like, Hey, I need you to review this video. And of course oh. it's me trying to break dance at like five in the morning. Obviously I've had quite amount of bourbon at that point. Yeah, double and, down. And it double was, down. It was so yeah. funny because Alex and Rolo and everybody's chiming in, making comments on the annotated uh, video of like, like they're critiquing my moves. <laughs> 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 it was the most amazing use of Whipster ever. Yeah. Actually, now I'm glad I didn't come to an AB. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would have been on that video review site. <laughs> oh, uh, that actually, that makes a lie of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's right. No, it comes home with you. Yeah, it's definitely especially when you got whips here. Anyway, what about cameras though? Like, uh, have you been? You know, have have you ever worked with some of the red stuff, some of the airy stuff? I've worked with red up until um, the most recent, fantastically named versions of their cameras. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I haven't really dipped back into red uh, since then. Um, You know, it was mainly the the old MX and then the Epic, Mm. Um, and I like them. I think I I got frustrated by the I guess it's the software, you know, just having it to reboot constantly, you know. Usability. Just, yeah. yeah, you know, those things just drove me crazy because it would always happen at the worst possible time. It wasn't at the start of the day when you were building the camera. It was right when everything was ready to go. And uh, it's just... So the software's you know, built too, for. Life's too short for that kind of aggravation, I think. <laughs> I get you. Now, I, I, I share a similar mindset. I like ease of use and reliability. So yeah, yeah. that's cool, man. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what, the... Uh, this has been so awesome. I think the yeah. cool thing I love about this show is that we're, you know, the community and the connections. You know, one of the things um, I wanted to do is I want to make a, a major announcement with you on the show, if that's all right. Golly. Is that good? Uh, is this the announcement where I get to qualify as a listener <laughs> and win a Cineo light? No, no. Uh, you do not get uh, the Cineo light. You're one of our guests, man. You're like, uh, you're, you're ineligible. Yeah. No, but but if I listen to the podcast, <laughs> yeah, I'm a listener. Exactly. You can't change that. Yeah. Uh-huh. All so, right, make your announcement. So here's the thing. So the reason I think now's a great time to announce this is, uh, you know, I really appreciate my friendship with, with Angus and the work we've done in the past. And I think this idea of networking is so important as we talk about production cities, as we talk about doing work together. Mm-hmm. That's why we are we're testing. We, we beta tested with a group from NAB. Um, a, a, an a FDB community, and we are we are launching on Slack officially right now. We are launching a FDB podcast Slack group. Slack is a a platform that allows you to uh, communicate. Um, it's trending hugely right now. Uh, it's doing really well, um, and it's real time. So people are on there, and it's like a it's like it's a, a chat. Forum. It's Basically like a forum, a forum. but it's yeah. a chat. And um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some members on there right now. Um, you can hop on there. Go to fdbpodcast.com. We'll have a, a link on the banner. Um, we might call it uh, probably the tab will be called community. Yeah. Click on that and request an invite. This is an invite-only community. We really want to make sure that who is in the community are real working filmmakers, people that are legitimate. 
um, and really sort of foster um, and respect sort of the craft and, and you know, mm-hmm. just curate the community a little bit. So but you will be vetted. You will be vetted. Uh, Nathan Rogers, Nathan Rogers, who's actually from Nebraska, is a listener, and he knows the platform really well. And he volunteered, and I, I said, hey, you know, you seem to know this really well. Would you mind sort of curating and, and running the Slack group? And he said, absolutely. So uh, if you go, once you get in, um, it's kind of an exclusive community, but you'll find a couple different channels. There's the FDB podcast channel. If you go in there, that's where you go to talk about what's been talked about on the show. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can go to that channel. There's a channel for cinematography, one for editing. There's the green room. The green room is where, you know, just general hanging out conversations happen. There's an introductions channel and a reels channel where you can post your reel and get feedback from other filmmakers that's constructive to help you get better. So this is a really cool thing. We're going to see where it goes. We've got a, a great group of people on there now. But we'd love to encourage all listeners to to do that. So go to ftbpodcast.com, look for the Slack community, and I want to personally invite you, Angus, to be a part of this community. I'd love to. I've heard a lot about Slack, and I've never had the opportunity to use it. So awesome. uh, Yeah, this will be great. Well, I will send you the invite, my friend. And I do Slack very well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so this is cool. So uh, anything else, Angus, that people need to know about you? One thing I want I want to give an opportunity is. How do people find you? I mean, you, you yeah. do great work, and there's probably listeners here that are like, hey, I'm actually shooting next week. It would be great to have a DP in New York. How do people find you? How do we get in touch with you? Go well, for it. my website, angusoborn.com, is currently under construction because I had some issues with the previous provider. Um, but, you know, it's got all my contact info there for sure. Okay. Um, and yeah, gosh, I'm always up for interesting projects. That's are for you sure. are you on the uh, are you on the social medias at all? Are you on Instagram or Twitter? Uh, I dabble. <laughs> Get on there, man. <laughs> I I have performance anxiety with Instagram. It's got to be perfect. <laughs> no, and so it ends up just being random stuff of kids uh, and silly things. But you know. So are, are you, is your username? Angus Angus Oborn, yeah, okay, I'm pretty cool. imaginative when it okay. comes to usernames. So if you're out there listening, <laughs> at Angus Oborn on Twitter, Instagram, the internets, uh, angusoborn.com. As always, any of the guests on the show, feel free to email us at FDBpodcast. Um, we can get you connected. These are all people that we know, obviously, because they've been on the show. Um, so we're super excited. Anything? Any other thoughts or, or, or encouragement or what do you think, man? You've listened to the show a couple times. You've now been on the show. Should we keep doing this or what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's wonderful. No, I love it. I actually haven't listened to it for a couple of months, but when you first went live, I was listening to every one, and I thought it was great. <laughs> I'm just jealous that I don't get to drink your bourbon. Ah, that's true. Well, I'll but tell you what. We'll have, we'll you have to have you down. The bourbon I'm drinking is even better than yours. <laughs> what? No, not really. So yeah. the, uh, you know what, this, the 1792 is really good, so... Um, well, I'll tell you what, man. We're super excited. We're glad you joined us for the show. Uh, it really means a lot, and you've given the listeners a lot of insight. Um, make sure you guys check him out, angusoborn.com. Hopefully, we'll get to work together soon, man. That would be wonderful. That would be great. Alex, anything else? No, man. It's uh, great speaking with you, as always. I can't wait to finally meet you at some point. <laughs> we'll come out <laughs> yeah. to Cincinnati in the summertime. How yeah. about that? Yeah. There you we go. need to make that happen. Sounds good, man. And just so you know, there has been some developments to the poll. Oh. oh, and New York has dropped. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? On. What is the best filmmaking production city on our poll? And New York has dropped to nine percent. Chicago at eighteen percent. L.A. has dropped to thirty-six percent, and the number one is actually other. Other. What? <laughs> 
I wonder if they're yeah talking about Atlanta, New so, Orleans. Yeah, maybe. a lot a lot of people uh, representing their their small town like us here in Cincy. So, what are nice. you gonna do? So, but we love New York. We love you, Angus. Thanks for coming on the show. And thanks uh, for inviting me. I had a yeah. lot of fun. It's thanks, man. Chat. And to all the listeners out there, uh, remember check out 1792. It's a tasty bourbon. Yeah. Be sure to enter the FTB podcast giveaway. You need to tweet at Cineo Lighting. Yes. At FDB Podcast. And use a hashtag. Hashtag FDB Giveaway, and you could win. Boom, a matchstick. It's like $500. It's crazy. I mean, it's this a is tiny a tiny little bright light. remote phosphor. Yeah, this is the kind of thing light. that Angus is trying to get right now. Yeah. And you're, Dude, you're, I want one. Yeah, you're going to be entered to win for free. So yeah. um, spread the word. But you've got it's the a lot whole month to do it. Yeah. So you got four weeks. The whole month. So. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you get a chance, go to iTunes, give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. Yeah. And, uh, and join our Slack yeah. community. Join the community. And here we go. All right. Cheers, guys. All right. Cheers, Angus. All right. Thanks, guys. Right, later. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.